0: Hello, hi ladies and gentlemen, today I have with me, it's Woo Rag here, I have with me Mr. Mike Fiore, and he is here to share his story with you ladies and gentlemen, and he's a very inspirational man, and you are going to enjoy his story. So let's welcome Mr. Mike, hi, how are you doing today?
1: I am well. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you all, one, for your platform, giving us addicts a voice to be able to tell our stories. Because I'm a lot like you. I believe our stories are our weapons of mass destruction against our disease. So uh, I'm, one, I'm someone that likes to recover out loud so all this other addicts don't die in silence. So I appreciate you having me on your show.
0: Oh, and thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you so much for being
1: our guest today.
0: So tell us a little bit about your childhood. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So, uh,
1: childhood, I wouldn't necessarily say I had some dramatic childhood where, you know, like uh, drug use was the, the solution to the problem. Um, but I did. My father was a heroin addict. Uh, my father did share needles. He got HIV. He died of AIDS in 09. Uh, my father was on methadone to the day he died, but he wasn't a user uh, the last maybe years of his life he stopped using once he uh attracted the virus he also then passed it on to my mother um my mother uh became an addict because she had gotten cancer and when she got cancer um started getting fed pills and stuff like that so my mother wound up becoming an addict in a way because she couldn't live without the pills so i mean i grew up around it my grandfather was a heroin addict my father was i never did heroin because my father took that that shot for me you know what i'm saying me seeing my father get aids from heroin use uh made me think you know that's what a drug addict was a drug addict was someone that did heroin and smoked crack i do pills i do coke i do special k i do actually those are party drugs. i'll stop when i get in my 20s you know you know how we like to think sometimes right um so that the child, I, I didn't grow up in a household of junkies though. You know, like that we had Christmases, we had Thanksgivings. My father raised two kids that weren't his and they called him dad. I, the only thing that I, I now looking back and, you know, dealing working with a psychiatrist, my father wasn't present at certain things because of the methanol. Um, because he was on, he had AIDS. The, the dose goes real high, maybe 250 to 300 milligrams. They put you on because the AIDS actually eats it out quicker. So like he wasn't at baseball games, he wasn't at football games, he wasn't at graduation. So like he wasn't present in that sense. Um, You know, every time I came home, he was in the bed, my mother was on the couch, you know, like, but as far as, you know, like, uh, child abuse and stuff like that, none of that was there. I felt love. Um, My issue what led me to really drug use was perception. You know, um, I was easily liked as a child. And because I was easily liked, that was my drug. That was my high. You know what I'm saying? People liking me. So people's perception of me became what mattered most. So what you thought about me was more valuable than what I thought about myself for a very long time. Like if you thought I had something, I didn't have it. I was cool with it. If you thought I did something, I didn't do it. I was cool with it. So like there's a quote, a friend of everyone is a friend of nobody. But I wanted to be everybody's friend so in order to be everyone's friend I had to manipulate and lie I had to become whatever it was I thought you would like so those manipulations and lies needed more lies and more lies. So it came to the point where when I looked in the mirror one day I didn't even know who I was looking at so the the drugs allowed me to create an ego. And the ego made me always feel like I could get off of this at any time. The ego always made me feel like, you know, the, the, that I could do this better than someone else. I was going to be the one drug addict that wasn't ever going to get addicted to drugs. Right. And then pride would come in and pride and ego are best friends. Pride would come in and be like, well, you know what? You could do it tomorrow. You don't need to do it today. So my identity was attached to things outside of myself, meaning a job, a girlfriend, a car, an apartment. And when we make our identity something that's outside of us, something that we could lose, we lose our identity. So once I started losing these things in my life that my identity was attached to, the drugs became the solution to the problem. The problem is they just stopped working after a while. Right. So like the, so then I, I, the drugs and then chaos came in and I always was trying to fill this, this void with inside of me and the void was never filled with mm-hmm. anything. What was actually filling the void now is, you know, like some people say higher power. I say God, I, that that's who it is for me. It, yeah. It's God. God is good. And, God allowed me a lot of things to change. And I guess we'll get into that a little bit on how I'm sustaining, how I'm sustaining my recovery through, you know, my faith in God. But yes. basically my, my childhood wasn't something to be. I just like doing drugs, to be honest yeah. with you. You had a pretty good childhood. You came from a
0: loving home. So what yes. was life like before you started using?
1: Um. See, I... I don't think the drugs are the issue. I think they're a issue. I was still the same person before drugs, starting things, not finishing them, running things into the ground, uh, taking advantage of people, self-centered, selfish. I had all the characteristics. That's why I don't think we're addicts because we use drugs. We use drugs because we're addicts. You know what I'm saying? The, the, The thinking, the processing, the preparing. The critical thinking, all the stuff that we do, I think it's already there before the drugs. We just happen to use drugs. Some people eat, some people gamble, some people got sex addiction. That's why there's so many forms of addiction, in my okay. opinion.
0: Okay. So then why did you get started
1: on them? Um, I why I got started, I see I don't ask why's no more. I ask how. You know what I'm saying? Or how, how did you Okay. Right. Okay. How come? Started, right. you know, okay. Right? How, come how, how I I I was born on methanol. My mother was on methanol when I was born. So I did some science research because I'm a I'm an avid you know I go to the yes. University of Google and the University of YouTube. You know yes. what I'm saying? So I, I find all my information from there. Yes. So like I, I realized that when I was born on methanol, um, when I my body already went through withdrawal as an infant. You know what I'm saying? So when I first used drugs, it, it brought things inside of me out that the normal person, it just started off with smoking some weed. Then it started off, you know, when I was a kid, ecstasy was big, you oh. know, and then we're doing ecstasy everything, but I had such an addictive personality that even songs or food or video games, I would play the video game so much until I hated it. I, <laughs> I you know, I ran into the ground food. I'd eat pizza every day, every day. I can't eat pizza no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just my addictive personality was always present. So like, the, it, that's what I think the drugs just helped take me, help me escape from things and help me take me to a place where, you know, it was magical. It was magical in the beginning. I'm not lying. I, I loved it in the beginning. Well, how old are you? I'm 38. Okay, you're 38 and you're, you're pretty young. Yes.
0: And yes. how long did you stay
1: in Addict? Uh, I started at uh, heavy where I I consider myself an addict when my life became unmanageable where I couldn't right. function on like the mm-hmm. drug. So I'm gonna stay around 18. Um, right now I'm living in a treatment facility in New York City where they detox you off the methadone. So on November 3rd I actually successfully detoxed off 140 milligrams which I was on for 12 years. I went four months without sleeping. Uh, when I say no sleep I literally mean no sleep yeah, the withdrawal, um, of it, right yeah well you, the withdrawal it kind of eases because they do a blind detox with the methadone they could bring you down by like single digits and stuff but you're still going to go through some but for 12 years it takes five years for it to get out of your bones That's you know sad. even when you stop methadone i don't know where the street term where you're at in new york city they call it liquid handcuffs because oh. it, it it's, it's impossible to get off. It's one of the most hardest things because dope is three, four days of withdrawal, you know, stuff like this right. is almost 20 days. You really can't do it cold turkey. Some people have in jail and stuff. Right. But so on November 3rd, I successfully detox off methanol. My father has been passed away since '09. I lost my mother three weeks later. And this is where my life changed. Um, I lost my mother on Thanksgiving. My mother was my best friend. My mother was my crutch. My mother was also my plan B. And this is where my faith in God just really happened. And people think I'm crazy when I say this.
0: Losing what? Tell my- me the story.
1: Losing my mother was a blessing because my mother's, Health, her quality of living was not that of somebody that should have to endure. Right. She was 68 pounds, no muscle mass, she couldn't walk. So, my mother was always my plan B. I never had to pay my rent. I never, I was always able to go. When you have a plan B in life, you never go hard enough on plan A. That's right. So, when, so when God removed my mother out of my life, I had to find myself that unconditional love, the one person in my life that would love me no matter what's no longer here. So what now? It's either it's either fight or flight, right? <laughs> it's either you're gonna do it or you're not gonna do it. And God is His wisdom is so great. This is why I don't question anything in my life. Um, his wisdom so great. He knew I was ready for it. So my perspective, right? Perspective equals potential. How you look at anything is how you look at everything. So when my mother passed away. Uh, I one I refuse to give my mother's death to an addiction that gives nothing back. All our addiction wants is to take our life, so it can take our life and then ruin our family's life. So you know what? Fuck my addiction. You're not gonna get my mother's death. I got to see how temporary and fragile life is. You know what I'm saying? Through watching my, mo- I watched my mother fight through four different cancers in the last three years, being eight, having AIDS having no white blood cells you know what i'm saying like uh, she showed me she's the epitome of of what someone could do when they have the right sight you know they the right mental and just want to live so yeah, absolutely when I, when I lost my mother my perspective changed things stopped being so personal because when i was in active drug use everything was personal, personal. i need you to fix my life because if you didn't fix it, I could blame you because I didn't rely on myself. Right. Everything was personal. You know, like I thought people were always talking about me. You know, like it, now it's switch. Things aren't happening to me. Things are happening for me. Therefore, everything has value. Like I wake up with hell of anxiety every day. It's like a hundred hands in my stomach. And the best remedy for anxiety is to get productive. So every day I wake up, I'm productive because that's the only way to kill my anxiety. Depression. Depression shows us who we don't want to be and how we don't want to feel no more. Like everything that's happening in our lives is not to draw us back. Everything that's happening in our lives is to make us better people. Pain, pain is just like a, a flower that's growing underneath ground, needs water to blossom. We have something inside of us that cannot come out unless we endure pain. By doing drugs, I suppress pain. By suppressing pain, I stopped myself from feeling joy. By suppressing sadness, I didn't allow myself to feel happiness. By not learning from my failures, I was never able to succeed. Success for me is a trigger because success makes me feel like I'm doing something right. And then it gets it gets it feels like an obligation. People get used to me being successful. I feel like I got to always one up myself. I've learned to find Success in my failures because we're gonna lose more than we're gonna win in life. We're gonna lose our teeth, we're gonna lose our hair, we're gonna lose love. And That's how right. we accept loss is how we really win at life. Right so now, my success is going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. Uh, my success is finding lessons and you know what I'm saying blessings in my mistakes. But the only way to find that is to have a passion in some. I had a passion to do drugs when I woke up with right. no money. I got them drugs. That's motivation. I had determination when I was getting high. When my first drug dealer didn't pick up, I kept calling drug dealers till I got the drug. I had critical thinking when I was getting high. I knew what blocks I couldn't walk down because I owed people money. I knew whose bags I could skimp because they didn't wear them out. I had courage when I was getting high. I put drugs in my body, knowing A they motivated drug
0: me. addict, right. <laughs>
1: literally our addiction all our addiction really is is a fucking trickster he's a magician he all he has to use our best qualities like the qualities i just said and make them make us use them against ourselves because the qualities i just mentioned are the same qualities that we need to have in recovery so we don't need recovery to be given to us we need recovery to be brought out of us that's why connections is the opposite of addiction not sobriety and not recovery because I know people in sobriety and recovery that their lives are still unmanageable. They're cheating on their spouse. They can't save money. They can't hold a job. So the connections, because in life, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So now you're the average of the five people that are closest to you. So I got five people around me that are doing better than me when it was the opposite, when I was getting high, I had five people around me that were doing worse off to make me feel better about where I was in life. That's right. And how did you do it? What was your drug? What was what? my my drug of choice was everything but my really opiates and cocaine, opiates okay. and cocaine, and then you know, like the ketamine the and ecstasy and okay. molly. And acid. Okay. But as far as if you had to ask me what's my DOC, my DOC is opiates and cocaine. Okay,
0: and so how did you do it? How did you finally just say enough was
1: enough? When did you um, have? How um I got the fuck out of my own way. And what and what I mean is uh I stopped asking who am I? Because that question is very hard to answer, right? Who am I, right? By by asking myself that question and not finding the answer. I would come up with my own answers. And we got to remember our addiction speaks to us in our own voice, right? Right. So when we're not saying things out loud, our addiction can manipulate things. And I'm going to give you an example. You ever have something sound so fucking Gucci in your head, but then you go to tell someone you can't even get the words out? That's our addiction speaking to us in our own voice. So I stopped asking myself certain questions like who am I, right? Because I don't know who I am. And me trying to find that answer, I'm going to come up with my own answers and we're the biggest critics to ourselves, which I don't even know why we are cynical to ourselves. We don't even know ourselves good enough to be cynical, (laughs) but we are anyway. So I stopped asking questions like how to do recovery. I do know how to fuck up recovery though. So I started focusing on not doing the things to fuck up recovery. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what I want in life, so I don't ask that question. I do know what I don't want in life, though. So I stop doing the things that bring the things into my life that I don't want. Our past is a beautiful thing. Change is inevitable. So I stop trying to change the past because the past don't need to be changed. The past needs to be learned from. I made change building for the future. It sounds sexier, and it's more, you know what I'm saying? And I really, and it's a cliche, and I used to fucking hate hearing it. I really just live in the moment. because it's the only thing that really has value. Today is called today. It's not called yesterday. It's not called tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Whatever we do today is the only thing that's important. What we take from yesterday is our choice. Whatever we did yesterday, good or bad, is irrelevant if we don't take it today. If you take something bad into today, that makes it relevant. If you take something good into today, makes it relevant. What we do today, though, is very relevant for what you do tomorrow because if we're waiting for tomorrow, if something happens, it's not going to happen. So I had to start finding things I don't want to do. So I started waking Good. up. I think that's I
0: important. I, I think that, that you, you, that's what can keep people straight. Remembering on doing the things that, will keep, you, know, that you don't want to do so you don't go back down that same path because mm-hmm. it's just not worth it, right? And yes. so, what, what is life like, like for
1: you today? Life is oof, beyond my wildest dreams. So like I said earlier, I live in a treatment facility. So while I've been in this treatment facility, the last six months, uh, I created my own clothing line. Uh, my clothing line is actually, sold out. It could, it could, you actually could buy it on Amazon. I have worldwide distribution. Um, I've been on tour. I've been paid to fly first class to Indiana, Chicago, California to speak at facilities high schools, prisons. I've spoke on the boardwalk in California, the Santa Monica pier, um, from inside here, from inside a treatment facility, I built myself a brand, pretty much a global buzz. You know what I'm saying? TikTok, yes. I'm, almost at, TikTok I'm almost at 15 to 20,000, you know, uh, Beautiful. dollars. dollars I'm, yes, I'm getting paid for my videos on TikTok. You know what I'm saying? Good. Like, um, I'm in the process of, working with investors to build sober houses. People yes. want, to invest, want to invest money in me. The treatment facility I live in, they offered me a corporate position because they see me as a future board member. We're yes. talking about I'm still a client at this point. Yes. But the way life is right now, life is peaceful, if I had to pick one word. Life is so the slow. The best advice I've ever gotten is the best advice I think I could ever give anyone is take your time and go even slower. The slower I go, the quicker things happen. And I, and being an addict, we want to fix everything all I the moment. Know. And they <laughs> say, what's well, one thing you have to change? They say everything. I don't agree with that. I think you just got to change your perspective. Absolutely. Because how you see yourself is how you see the world. If you hate yourself, you're going to hate the world. If you love yourself, you're going to love the world. If you trust yourself, you're going to allow people in your life to trust. Because it's not about having people you trust in your life because we can make bad decisions on people it's about right. having trustworthy people in your life and what i mean is the audio gotta match the video what they're saying they gotta be doing it can't be like a blue sleeve flick where their right. mouth is moving one way and words are coming out the other so what, I, what what recovery has allowed me to do is to do more than just exist because that's all i was doing i was just existing when i was using yeah. i'm alive i live you know what i'm saying like I cry, I laugh, you know, like, and is it peaches and cream? No way. But you know what? I'm not living in terror no more. I'm not miserable. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even yes. depressed. I don't, I don't mourn my mother because that's what my addiction wants me to do. I celebrate my mother by how I live today. I live my best life today because the woman that gave me life and birth gave me life and death when she passed away. She pumped that life right back into me. So like that's what I'm talking about with the perspective. Like everything that's going on around us is for our benefit. God, when you when I ask God for certain things like courage, wisdom, guidance, and strength, He's not gonna snap His fingers and give me that. He's gonna put me through tests that's gonna build those things. So now that I understand that they're tests, remember life's a test on how bad you want the things you say you want. But life is a little bit different of a test than in school. School first you get the lesson, then you get the test. Life is like a pop quiz. A pop quiz is in place to see what you need to learn for that semester. Life, the pop quiz happens first. Then you got to learn the lesson. That's where the success is. You know what I'm saying? And that's where I, I I, really like. God has put us on this planet to help each other. That's why the name of my company is Inspired to Inspire. Right. I'm inspired to inspire you, to inspire the next person. Because we all have something with inside of us that can contribute. Uh, can, sorry, that could help somebody on their journey. And the more people you help on their journey, the more people they help and they help and they help. And then eventually the more people that could help you on your journey. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely right. Okay, thank you. How are you maintaining your recovery?
1: I go to NA, uh, I pray, I read the Bible. I make phone calls before I make stupid decisions. Um, whenever, I get a, whenever I get a thought, I say it out loud to somebody. I don't care because people are going to judge us either way, right? They're going to judge us if we're doing good or bad. And at the end of the day, it's really none of my fucking business what people think about me anyway. It's about my recovery. That always comes first. So I have people in my life that I could call and be like, yo, you know, like whenever I'm feeling a little, I don't take advice from my doubts no more. And I was real good at taking advice from my doubts. Whenever I start doubting myself, I pick up the phone, I call somebody. Because it's just something I journal. I'm an advocate journal. I got a personal journal, a gratitude journal, and anger journal. You know what I'm saying? And, and I write in them as much as I possibly can. Uh, I read as, the Bible as much as I possibly can. But we got to remember, a healthy routine is great, right? What I've learned is that life on life terms will come. So our healthy routine at times is going to get derailed. So what I do sometimes in times of peace, you prepare for war. And in times of war, you pray for peace. So when I'm at a peaceful state, I prepare myself for war. Sometimes I'll, I'll make my daily schedule and I, I won't follow it. To deal with the anxiety, to deal with those feelings, to learn how to, you know what I'm saying, deal with it when life on life terms comes. Because wishing something to not happen is not a good place to go. I didn't make recovery a right or wrong thing. When we make it a right or wrong thing, we're critiquing every move that we make. Is this right? Is this wrong? Is this right? And when we're like that, we're not at ease. I made recovery a fall and get up thing. Because it's a fall and get up thing for me now, it's like Rocky and Rocky Four. I don't know if you ever seen the movie Rocky. Of course. He- he keeps getting knocked down. The more he gets knocked down, the more he pops up. The more he pops up, the off-lunging gets discouraged because he can't knock him out. The more that we know we're gonna get pop, we're gonna pop back up. We build self-esteem. We build self-respect. But knowing that we're gonna get up when we fall, we fall forward. Cause life and recovery are the same thing. They're uphill fight. When you're walking uphill and you trip over your feet, you fall forward. Unless you're walking straight up and you're gonna fall back. But me trying to make life easy was me trying to make life a downhill thing. And when you trip and for walking downhill, you're going to fall and break your ass. So now when I fall in life, I fall forward in a metaphorical sense. I see the lesson, I, learn the ble- I see the lesson, I see the blessing, I keep it moving. Because it's all about the next best choice. Because I never made recovery a choice. I thought I used against my will. And I was wrong. And this is just my own personal opinion. By me thinking that I used against my will, I never had the will to stop. Us choosing to give our will back to God is exactly what I just said. It's a choice. We have to make recovery a choice. Otherwise the choice will never present itself. And if the choice never presents itself, we'll never take the chance on recovery. If we never take a chance on recovery, we'll never be able to change our lives. So it's choice chance and then you know what I'm saying the, then, then you can uh, make the change yes because
0: what's going to happen in life is that you're going to go through the trials and the tribulations yeah. and in the times of the sad times of the the times where you're going to lose your loved one your, your kids are going to get sick things are going to in life you have to know how to still maintain that and it sounds like to me that you have learned to deal with life on life's terms and by using solutions that you've come up with by being productive in life and moving forward, speaking, doing speaking events and sharing your story with the world. And I know that people say that lost dreams, we, they do, they reawaken. Mm-hmm. and That is true. And you are pursuing those dreams that you set up for yourself. They're now your reality and you are yes. pushing forward you're going to keep pushing forward.
1: I'm going to I'm just going to I only have to see the next step in front of me. I was the type of person that needed to know something was going to work out in order for me to do it. And that's not how life works. I like to compare faith recovery to Amazon, right? Amazon, you have to buy the product first, you don't get to try to close on you don't get to try the electronics out, you buy the product, and then when it comes in, then you get, you get to see if it works or not. You have to buy into it though. You gotta buy into recovery. You gotta buy into faith in order to be able to get the product. If you don't buy into this, you're never gonna get the product. And you're talking about dreams. When we don't live our dreams, we become the greatest story to never be told. Mm. One way or another, one way or another, this we an uh, imprint on this world. I'm not leaving this world known to be an addict or an addict because we all have potential. But potential means we haven't done anything yet because we all have potential. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to waste my potential. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here to say the right thing. I'm here to say what I feel because they're always trying to say the right thing. You're going to live in a prison. Like the word I can't, the word I can't is a prison that you're always living. Right. I can though. I can as a passport to success. So even if you don't believe in it, you know what I'm saying? We, we believed our drug dealer was 15 minutes away when he said 15 minutes, and it was a fucking hour later. Why did we wait, though? We waited because he had a product that we wanted. Even if we, you know, most of the time, the product didn't even work the way we wanted. So why would life be anything different? So our addiction has been teaching us how to be successful in life. You just got to change your perspective. It taught us how to play the, uh, the waiting game. You know what I'm saying? I had patience today because of my addiction. My addiction taught me patience. My addiction taught me how to be successful in life. But if we keep looking at it, it is against our will. If we keep looking at it and judging our, I take my backyard and I make it my front porch. What I mean is the first thing you meet when you meet me, I live in a treatment facility. I was, I'm was, i an ex addict. I'm in. Rec- These are the first, you know why? Because those are the good parts about me. Because Hello. if you can't accept those things, you don't get to know who I am today. Because flaws don't depreciate our, our value. Floors give us value. Like a 1922 penny has a flaw in it. It's worth a thousand dollars. A penny worth a thousand dollars. Then you got a penny made to perfection, it's worth what? A fucking penny. So perfection is an illusion that the devil wants us to try to create because practice doesn't make perfection. Practice makes improvement. So whatever you're practicing on, you're gonna get real good at, whether it's good or bad. Perfection is an illusion. It's just like fear is an illusion. I learned fear whenever, whatever we fear is either in the past or we think it's in the future. It's never in the moment. If we aren't at ease, like what recovery has allowed me to do was become whole again. And I understand some people say, you know, recovery is not us getting back to who we were before the drugs. And I agree with that, but I wasn't whole even before the drugs. What I mean by whole is that my mind, And my soul are no longer in bondage together. My mind and my soul are working together. I'm no longer fighting the man in the mirror. I'm no longer fighting the man within because I used to be at peace with my addiction and at war with the world. Now I'm at, you know what I'm saying, peace with the world and I'm at war with my addiction because I'm the fucking predator now. My addiction's to pray now. I don't wait for it to come to me. I bring my shit to it now because there's no reason for us to be afraid of our addiction. Because my addiction took me to the darkness. Yeah. But my addiction's also the reason why I'm in the light. My addiction's the reason why I'm getting to travel, because I'm speaking on what I just went through the last 20 years. My addiction is gonna be the reason that I don't just become a skyscraper, I'm gonna be a star scraper fuck that. When you make limits, limits will present themselves. I don't make limits no more. There was no limits when it came to the drugs. There's no limits for me now when it comes to the success I could have in life.
0: That's the truth. Thank you so much for being with us today. You are absolutely phenomenal. Congratulations. And you'll be back in about a week or so.
1: (laughs) Yes. Whenever you need me, I'll be there.
0: Thank you. Please let our audience know where they can follow you, reach you.
1: Sure. So on TikTok, my handle is inspire, the number two, inspire underscore. On uh, Instagram, it's Mike, M I K E, Fiore, F I O R E, 118. And on uh, Facebook, it's just Michael Fiore. Michael Fiore, thank you so much. You are a star. Thank you for
0: turning your story, your real life true story, right here in the flesh. Thank you for helping the world and making a difference. I'm so proud of you. And thank
1: you. thank you for having me on. I appreciate you. Just keep doing, keep giving us a platform to say our voice because there's somebody out there that needs to hear that they're not alone and they're not going through what they think they're going through by themselves. And they know there's people out there that will help them get through what they're getting through.
0: Thank you so much. Yes. Enjoy.
1: Talk
0: All right, to bye-bye. you. Again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Peace.